It's time for Lawyers for Jesus, a show about the dynamic and exciting interaction of faith and the law, featuring the attorneys from the law firm Malkin Baker in downtown Chicago. Malkin Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and for serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Soren Lehu, an attorney at the law firm of Malkin Baker in Chicago. We are Christian attorneys that focus on serving the body of Christ with its legal needs. To learn more about us, go to malkbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com or call 312-726-1243. In the United States, politics has gotten to a point of such extreme divisiveness, even among fellow Christians. How can we engage in politics while staying true to our faith? Today, we'll be speaking with Dr. Bruce Riley Ashford, the provost and professor of theology and culture at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Dr. Ashford is also the author of several books, including Letters to an American Christian, in which he addresses the overarching issues of the relationship between Christianity and politics, while challenging readers to take seriously both our heavenly and earthly citizenships. Bruce, welcome to our show. Hey, it's great to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Bruce, let me start first by asking, why did you decide to write a book on politics? (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, about, uh, I double majored in uh, government and journalism in college and was headed into a political career, but felt the Lord calling me elsewhere. So I was a missionary for a couple of years and I've been a seminary professor. But uh, when I turned 40 a few years ago, I just uh, had this strong sense that I should enter back into the political arena as an opinion writer. So I started writing for Fox News. I was a columnist for them for three years and for Heritage Foundation. And so I've written a couple of books on politics. Um, let, me put, let me put it this way. When, I'm, when I meet God one day, I will meet him as an American. Uh, not primarily as an American, primarily as a Christian, but also as an American. And I want to be faithful. Um, we live in a democratic republic where we're able to uh, have a voice, if not influence. And I think it would be a, a shame to squander uh, the opportunity to speak a good word into a bad moment. Well, that's great. And your book uh, called Letters to an American Christian uh, has a very interesting format. It, it kind of reminds me of the screw tape letters uh, because it's a series of letters uh, that comprises the books. And why did you decide to write the book as a series of letters? Well, you know, I've read several books that are series of letters, one with screw tape letters, and there have been a couple other books in that format. And it's a really fun format. And this book, you know, I wrote it so that somebody would read it at the beach or in an armchair. It's a fun book. It's conversational in tone. Uh, there's humor in it, cultural references. And each chapter is only, you know, six or eight pages long. You can read it in 10, 12 minutes, book each chapter in about 10 or 12 minutes. And... Uh, and then, it, you know, it's conversational. And one thing that we, I think we've forgotten how to do, um, at least people who are on Twitter and on our political talk shows, we've forgotten how to have a, a reasonable and a sincere conversation about uh, matters of grave national importance. And that's what I hope to, to kind of show people how to do in this book. And let's get into some of the, the substance of the book. And, uh, well, I guess I should ask first, uh, a broad general question, but I'm interested in your take on it. Where do you see the state of American politics today? 
Yeah, you know, every uh, few generations, uh, our nation experiences um, uh, shift, you know, and that's what we're undergoing right now. We're not exactly sure what the shift is, but the, the ground socially, culturally, and politically is moving beneath us. I think the 2016 election cycle was a, a, a big moment alerting us to the fact uh, that uh, things are changing. We're polarized. Uh, we're tribalized. Um, there, there's a, quite a bit more religious and cultural diversity in our nation than we've ever had before. And combined with that, uh, many people in our nation no longer believe in a transcendent framework of truth, a transcendent moral framework. And they no longer believe that there's um, divine law that transcends this world. And so what happens is, instead of people on the left and the right arguing together toward truth or toward that transcendent moral framework, truth is just viewed as something that's within us. And in that sort of an instance, when somebody criticizes you, it feels like they hate you. And so you end up with people on both sides of the aisle just shouting each other down. And I think that's what we have right now is uh, a good bit of that. Maybe it's not as bad as we think. Maybe it's just mostly people who are on Twitter and who are on uh, nationally televised uh, talk shows or, or radio shows. But it is uh, pretty nasty right now. How do you think it got to be so nasty? Yeah, you know, so I think um, one thing is that there's quite a bit more re um, religious and ideological diversity. We're just very different from one another in some very serious ways. And so that's one. But I want to lay a lot of, uh, I want to lay blame three other, three places. I want to lay blame on uh, national media outlets uh, who are cynically exploiting this polarization uh, for dollars right now and uh, pouring gasoline on the fire. You'll notice that media outlets understand uh, that they need to get clicks on their websites, views on their television show, and listens on their radio shows, and uh, if they're going to get ad dollars. And the only way to get people hooked, the best way to get people hooked is through anger and fear. And so if you can highlight the worst of the people on the other side of the aisle, and only the best, basically, of the people on your own side of the aisle, you can incite anger and fear uh, in the people who listen, and they'll come back to your website. I think that's what's happening. Um, and that's happening, you know, in large part because we don't, the media outlets are competing with each other for dollars, but now they're also just competing with startup websites, you know. So I'll lay some blame on, on the media. I'll lay some on political leaders. We've got a lot of grandstanders, and we've seen a lot of that in the past few years. And then finally, I think the, the blame needs to, to rest on the shoulder of those of us who are citizens, that we need to come together as a country and find a better way forward. That's great. Uh, you're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Soren Lehu of the law firm of Malkin Baker. If you missed part of this episode or want to hear previous Lawyers for Jesus interviews, visit malkbaker.com. You can also subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for legal updates with a biblical perspective. Today we've been speaking with Dr. Bruce Ashford, about uh, Christians and politics. And Bruce, I do want to ask you, um, what are some of the different views that American Christians have about politics in general? Yeah, you know, so one way to answer that is to just uh, list briefly six um, modern political ideologies that exist uh, not only in the U.S., but also in Europe. 
So that's one way of doing it. I'll start there, kind of do it quickly. And then I'll also uh, list some different, um, I, I'm on the right-hand side of the spectrum. And I'll, I'll take a moment and just show how even on the right-hand side of the spectrum, there's uh, multiple different streams of thought. But first of all, the six main modern political ideologies, one is classical liberalism. And uh, I would argue that all of these ideologies tend to be idolatrous. In other words, they tend to, on their own, without correction from the Christian faith, tend to take some aspect of God's good creation and ascribe ultimacy to it, make it ultimate. Now, when that happens, that thing becomes an idol, and so ultimately these ideologies are harmful. So the first one is classical liberalism, and it's got an extreme emphasis on individual autonomy, uh, freeing the person from any sort of social or moral norms. Um, second modern ideology is uh, pure uh, you can just say pure social conservatism. And this ideology will tend to absolutize cultural heritage, uh, sometimes even um, sort of glossing over or even affirming negative aspects of cultural heritage, sins. Third is progressivism. Progressivism is the opposite of conservatism, that it ascribes ultimacy to social progress. And the greatest evil under progressivism is cultural heritage. You want to actually destroy the cultural heritage, you get rid of it. Um, uh, another one is nationalism, the different types of nationalism. I'll just mention for the moment ethnic nationalism, ethno-nationalism, and this is to ascribe ultimacy to one people group within a nation, elevate that people group, white nationalism, black nationalism, so forth. Then there's socialism. Socialism ascribes ultimacy to material equality and wants to force material equality um, and, and do so by means of social revolution, so clearing the decks, uh, sort of uh, burning down um, cultural institutions and, and rebuilding them. And then finally, libertarianism. Libertarianism is kind of a, an attempt to roll back the expansion of the government and get back to a state of classical liberalism. So very similar to classical liberalism, it will tend to ascribe ultimacy to individual autonomy. So those are six major political ideologies. And uh, then if, if we just focus on uh, America, which is so many different streams, if you focus on American conservatism, you've got classical liberals, libertarians, you've got traditionalists, um, you've got, um, you know, newer wings, neo, neocons, neoconservatives, you've got the religious right, you've got paleoconservatives, and then even whatever is happening right now, uh, Trumpism, we could call it, is, uh, is an emerging stream. So there's just lots of diversity. And correct me if I'm wrong, Bruce, and we don't have a lot of time in this segment, and we can get to it in the next segment as well, uh, but you find people who call themselves Christian in all six camps. Is that is that right? Oh, yeah, that's exactly right. You've got folks who, who um, you know, call themselves Christians and even some, and try in various ways to draw upon the historic Christian faith to argue for their point of view, and some of these point of views are just... Uh, widely disparate, very different from one another. Well, we'll get to that more. Uh, coming up, we'll talk further with Dr. Bruce Ashford about his book, Letters to an American Christian, and how Christians should engage in politics while staying true to Christ. I'm Soren Lehu, and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. Hello, 
I'm David Smith, Executive Director of the Illinois Family Institute, an independent nonprofit ministry dedicated to boldly bringing a biblical perspective to public policy. Here at IFI, our mission is to support traditional family values, defend biblical truths, and uphold Christian morals. We consider Mauk and Baker our allies in this mission, and we are proud to support them in their legal endeavors. Mauk and Baker is a law firm that upholds Christian beliefs, putting God first. If you ever find your religious liberty and rights as a person of faith under attack, you can trust the attorneys of Mauk and Baker to fight for you. Mauk and Baker has a team of Christian lawyers who seek to achieve justice and advance the gospel through their work. If you have a legal need or question and would like the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact Mauk and Baker at 312-726-1243 or visit their website at maukbaker.com. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Soren Lehu, an attorney at Mauk and Baker, a law firm based in Chicago which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals and their legal needs. If you missed the first part of the show and want to listen online, go to maukbaker.com forward slash radio. Today, we've been speaking with Dr. Bruce Ashford, author of Letters to an American Christian about Christians and politics. Uh, and Bruce, we, we left off talking about the uh, diversity even uh, within uh, Christians on um, politics, uh, progressives, social conservatives. Um, how did we get to be so divisive even within uh, our own churches? Yeah, you know, so I, I think um, one of the ways to answer that, you know, you, you mentioned um, in the last segment that you've got a number of different modern political ideologies and proponents who call themselves Christians from, from within each of these ideologies. So I think one of the reasons why is that the Bible does not speak directly or comprehensively to building a, a political ideology in the modern era. It just doesn't. So what you have to do is you have to do the hard work of taking biblical principles and putting them together in a coherent manner and reaching toward, um, you know, a, a, a political arrangement or a, a way of doing politics. So what most folks do, I think, is that we, I think most Americans or many Americans who are politically minded, what we do is we sit in our homes for hours and hours a day listening to radio talk show, talk shows, political talk shows, and watching political television. And we take the ideology that resonates with us intuitively and then we go backwards to the Bible and try to justify it from the Bible. And that's just not a good way to go forward. So the person who helped me think about politics from a Christian perspective is an old Dutch guy named Abraham Kuyper. He was a pastor and a theologian, but he also uh, founded a university, founded a political party, and served as the prime minister of the Netherlands. And I think his approach is the approach that I espouse in letters to an American Christian. On the, right, uh, on the American spectrum, it is definitely on the right. It's a conservative approach in the broad sense of that word, conservative. And so I recommend the book to you, Letters to an American Christian. Uh, it was my best uh, uh, attempt to reason from biblical principles toward political conclusions. Bruce, uh, if someone uh, says to you, uh, I'm just not very um, politically minded, I, I don't like to vote, um, how do you how do you answer that? Why should Christians be involved in politics? Yes, yeah, so here, here's what I, I would say. I want to back up just a little bit so that I can then go forward and answer the question directly. But 
one thing that Abraham Kuyper taught me is he said, listen, um, you know, uh, through his books, he's, he's not alive, but uh, through his books, he said something like this, listen, if you take a look at patterns in the Bible and patterns in history, you can see that God created different kinds of culture, just like he created different kinds of animals, he created different kinds of culture. And he used a spatial analogy and called the different kinds of culture spheres, okay? So you have different spheres like art and science, scholarship and education, politics and economics, marriage and family, business and entrepreneurship, uh, service industry. And you have all of these different spheres of culture. Each of them has um, its own center and its own circumference. And by center, I mean each sphere of culture has its own reason for being. God put it there for a reason. But each has its own circumference. In other words, it has limits to its jurisdictions. So if you take one sphere of culture, government, uh, it has a unique reason for uh, – government politics has a unique reason for existence, but it also has limits to its jurisdictions. God didn't create uh, government to swell to gigantic proportions and stick its fingers in everybody else's business. And the same goes for the other spheres. But the point is that if God created these different kinds of culture, then they're actually good and we ought to participate in them. Politics is one of those spheres of culture, and in a democratic republic, it's especially important for us uh, to be involved because we can have a voice, and sometimes we might even be able, be able to have some legitimate influence. Now, I do want to mention that in any sphere of culture that you find yourself in, there are three questions you want to ask. Okay, They relate to the, the Bible's um, the three big acts in biblical drama, creation, fall, and redemption. So the creation question is this. In this sphere of culture, and right now we're talking about politics, uh, what is God's creational design? What did God intend for us to be like and for us to aim for when we interact and engage politically? Number two, how has human sin and idolatry warped and twisted the political arena? And then the third question is, how can I, as a believer, speak a good word into a bad moment? How can I try to help untwist what's been twisted? How can I help make straight what's been warped? And I tell you, as believers, what, here's what we've got to do. When we engage politically, we have to, first of all, uh, I think put some real thought into what we want to say, right? And not just uh, mimic and parrot whatever our favorite secular political talk show host says the evening before. Um, and, uh, and I think one of the ways that we're going to be different from other folks is hopefully we will be able to exhibit in the way Jesus did this unique combination of truth and grace, right? We're going to speak truthful words, but with the kind of disposition of a person who's been changed by God's grace. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Soren Lehu of Malkin Baker, and we're talking to Dr. Bruce Ashford about Christians and politics. Uh, Bruce, I also want to ask um, if you could discuss uh, what's been uh, known as the, the Benedict Option. Uh, define it as, as you can best and um, uh, talk about it, whether it's something that you would advocate or, or not. Yeah, so the Benedict Option is a book written by Rod Dreher, D-R-E-H-E-R, if you're out there listening, and I want to go it or look it up on Amazon. I, I highly recommend that you read the book. Rod's a friend of mine. And I, I like the book, I, I'm, um, and so I'm going to affirm it and say it's a good book. Let me describe it quickly, and I'll tell you how I would do things a little bit differently than Rod. So Rod is saying something like this. He's saying, listen, look at the world around you. 
um, it is really going to help in the handbasket right now. The church is being um, weakened and sidelined. And the problem is, as we're being pushed to the margins, uh, we don't know how to resist. and We don't know how to keep our integrity because we've become so anemic. We, don't, we, we have not formed strong local church communities and strong Christian communities where we have um, strengthened each other and built one another up spiritually and intellectually. And so, Rod, so, so in that instance, what we actually need to do is to withdraw a little bit and to try to spend more time focusing on building strong community at the local level and a lot less time trying to change culture. Okay, so that's what Rod said, and I think there's a lot to what Rod is saying, that the church is weak for internal reasons. And so now that there are external forces coming against us, we're not strong enough to resist. And so we need to, um, we need to strengthen our, our local church communities and other Christian organizations. Where I would differ from him a little bit is I don't think we should withdraw as much as he thinks we should. He didn't say we should withdraw comprehensively. Um, but I, I just think we've got enough energy that we can do both. We can strengthen our local communities while remaining publicly engaged. Um, I think that a lot of our energy is spent on playing video games, staring at Instagram, you know, and ordering things we don't need from Amazon. And so if we took a little bit of that time, um, we could uh, devote it to strengthening, uh, you know, our local communities. Bruce, an- another uh, issue that... Um tends to be mis- misunderstood, at least in my opinion, is the proper relationship between the church and the state. Could you discuss what that relationship is? Yeah, sure. So, you know, uh, there are two questions that are related to one another, but different. One is the proper relationship between religion and politics, and the other is proper relationship between church and state. So we'll start with the religion and politics. And I'll argue that religion and politics cannot be separated, even if we try, and nor should we try. And here's the deal. Um, The Bible defines uh, religion differently than other people do. Other people, when they think religion, they just think it's the sort of worship of a supernatural deity uh, during fancy um, liturgical uh, worship services. But the Bible says that everybody is religious, even an atheist. And if you want to find a person's religion, look for whatever it is they've made ultimate in their life. And if they've made it ultimate in their life, it's going to shape everything they do. And all of us have something that's ultimate. So everybody's religious. And whatever it is that's ultimate, it's going to radiate outward and influence and shape our politics. Like it's going to shape everything else. And so religion and politics cannot be separated, but church and state can. And the point is this, that God created uh, the government as an institution with a unique purpose and limits to its jurisdictions. He also created the church as a unique institution that has a a unique purpose and limits to its jurisdiction. What we want to avoid is what we could call statism on the one hand and what we can call ecclesiasticism on the other hand. Statism is a situation in which the government swells to gigantic proportions like an enormous octopus and reaches its tentacles into every other sphere of culture, including the church. We want to avoid that. But on the other hand, we've seen times in history where the church has swelled to gigantic proportions, and uh, the church as an institution has tried to sort of take over the government and control the government, and we want to avoid that also. Bruce, thank you for speaking with us today. How can people learn more about you and get a hold of your book? 
Yeah, so let me mention a couple of things. The first is uh, my website is bruceashford.net, and I publish my uh, I publish directly through bruceashford.net, but I also link my articles that I write for Fox or for the Heritage Foundation or the Gulf Coalition. And then second, Amazon.com has got six of my books, including Letters to an American Christian, and then also, uh, most recently, a book called The Gospel of Our King. If you have a legal need or a question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Malk and Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243 or at MalkBaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Soren Lehu, attorney at Malk and Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. Gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody.